my name is Hayden Raymer, and I am joined with my lovely co-host, Jeremy Lapidus. And we are, you know, live yet again on Twitch uh, for In the Clubhouse. Uh, and yeah, Jeremy, how are you doing on this fine Saturday morning? Or afternoon, I'm I guess. I'm doing good. Uh, long day yesterday, but I'm ready to talk some baseball with you. Yeah, always, always good talking about baseball with you. Uh, I mean, we got a busy day today talking some baseball. Uh, you know, we're going to break down the Rangers series, talk about this Cardinals series, talk about that first few innings of that game uh, yesterday that got rained out, and talk about the rest of the games, and then, you know, move on into this draft and some trade deadline stuff. You know, a very jam-packed, nice, long episode for everybody here today. Uh, and uh, let's get right into it. Uh Starting with that Rangers series, uh, in Game One the Nats lost seven to two. Trevor Williams gave up four and runs over six innings, struck out five, which you know that's a pretty big strikeout game for him. And then you know recently called up uh, Yana Doan, uh, allowed three earned runs, uh, two of them off home runs. Uh, but you know Joey Manessas, that's when he started his little hot streak. He hit two home runs in that game, uh, which doubled his uh, season total. And then in Game Two. The Nats won 8-3, something we love to see. Jake Irvin tossed a really solid start, only allowing two runs over five innings against, you know, a really good Rangers lineup. Jordan Weems, you know, pitched two innings of one and run ball in Fillingham, or not, Finnegan in Willingham, you know, closed out the game. Two Ks for Finnegan, which is always nice. Candelario, Manassas, and Alex Call all homered in that game. Luis Garcia hit a triple, you know, show off those wheels. And then in game three, a 7-2 victory for the Nats. You know, hey, they won the series. Uh, or just a really solid game. Patrick Corbin had, you know, a solid start. You know, he's kind of alternating these starts nowadays. Uh, seven <laughs> innings, six strikeouts, one earned run. A really, you know, a, a quality start, a really quality start. Really lowered his ERA there. Uh, Jose Ferrer got in some trouble, allowed a runner or or allowed a run. Finnegan, you know, closed it out though, and so did Harvey, and uh, a home run from Dom Smith. Joey Manessis, home run in all three games, and Stone Garrett, you know, gotta love some Stone Garrett. He hit a home run as well, and uh, yeah, that was your series victory for the Nationals. You know, they beat the one of the best teams in baseball, Texas Rangers. Yeah. Um... We talked a little bit about that series heading into it. We weren't very optimistic about it. Not at all. Uh, the Nats were not very rested. Uh, they got obviously their uh, series beforehand didn't go that well, and uh, they they didn't really have that many arms, and they were able to come out win this series. Joey Manessis finally started hitting some home runs. What did he have? Four home runs that series. Yeah. Four home runs he, that series. Four home runs before that series started. He had two, so you know that's he's got two thirds of his series total, uh, yeah. or his and season total. Yeah, and he hadn't homered since uh, May, I believe. Yeah. In Arizona, or it's, it's been a long time since mm-hmm. he hit a home run. Uh, and that's good to see. Uh, you mentioned Corbin. You know he came out there, just a great game. Uh. He just went on the paternity list, so we'll see if, uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, Secondly, uh, 
we'll see uh we'll see if you can keep this up uh it, it is a really uh encouraging sign to see him come back after his last start and throw another good one yeah uh, but no, no, that's it was, huge it was, it was it was a good series for the nats uh they've been playing these good teams well uh, at least recently Mm-hmm. So it's an encouraging sign. Obviously, this team isn't competing this year, but you go up against a team like the Rangers are this year and blow them out in two of the three games. It's really encouraging. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Abrams stole three bases in this series. Uh, you know, another encouraging sign. Uh, he was moved up to the leadoff spot uh, for the Nats. And, I mean, when you look at what he's done since, like, June 14th, let me pull up the line here. He's been really good, you know. Uh, you know, he's been above average major league hitter. I mean, obviously, there's still some question marks, some, you know, hey, how sustainable is this? But, you know, here, I'm almost at it. I'm so sorry. Uh you know, seeing him take a step forward, even if it's just for a little bit. I mean, you know, he's hitting 291, 341, 430 uh, since. Oh, wait, no, that's since the poor teams. 293, 341, 439, you know, since uh, June 13th. You know, that's a month. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's some all star break games that we missed there, but it's a pretty good line, I would say. I mean, the walk rate's a little concerning. Uh,. And, you know, he's not hitting for as much power as you would necessarily like. But, you know, hey, he's a guy who, you know, the BABIP's a little high, but it's always going to be a little high for him. Obviously, 377 uh, probably isn't sustainable for him. But, you know, hey, if he can, he's always going to ride those high BABIP numbers just because of how fast he is. You know, Trey Turner is a similar player to like that where he's just going to get a couple extra hits because of his speed. Yeah, and you know, speed kills. We saw, we've seen that in a lot of series uh, against the Nats, especially the the Red series recently. So it's great to have speed on your team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just looking. I'm, I've just, I'm really impressed by what he did in that series. He had six hits in that series. Uh, that's just, you know, good, good stuff. You know, no extra base hits, uh, unfortunately, but you know. Still getting the hits, getting on base. That's that's what you need from a leadoff guy. Uh, you know, if Lane Thomas can settle in at that number two hole, you know, you're, you've got a decent top half of the order. Uh, obviously, some of these guys are going to get traded. You know, Heimer Candelario uh, probably isn't going to be here uh, in just a few months. But, uh, you know, it's, it seems getting exciting. Uh, you know, they're putting up good games. I mean, I think for a 36-54 team, they've played really well. Yeah. No, they have. Uh, they've played better than the record, definitely. Yeah. I mean, is there a player that particularly stuck out to you uh, in this series? Series? Uh, it was definitely Joey Manessis. Uh, we talked about him already. Um, I've I've been, ha- I've been harping on this mm-hmm. for a while now. 
you know, we've been doing this show for almost, uh, for probably like a month and a half now. Mm-hmm. Joey Manessis needs to hit for power and good things will happen. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, that, that was what stuck out to me the most in that series. Um, obviously, I'm also uh, proud of what the pitching staff was able to do with such uh, a short arm coming off, you know, long games where they used a lot of their bullpen, like, just the day before. So, I am, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm very impressed by them. Uh, yeah. And Joey Manessis, so... Yeah, I mean, Joey, I mean, hey, listen. It looks like we found a great second-half hitter here. Uh, <laughs> just call him up for July and beyond, option him uh, during those first couple months. Uh, and, I mean, you've got a you know a really solid player there. Uh, I mean, hey, it'll be exciting to see if he can kind of recapture that, uh, that second half from last year. Uh, this season uh i don't know how likely that is but i mean if he can do it that's awesome i mean joey we don't even have to pull up the statute we know he hasn't had a good year he knows he hasn't had a good year uh, especially when it comes to hitting for extra base hits uh you know he's kind of been a uh a batting average dh which you know that's not really something you want from a dh nowadays so I hope he gets hot. I hope a lot of these Nats get hot because, you know, Nats aren't going to be picking all that high next year anyway, so might as well, you know, have some fun, win some ballgames. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I agree. Do you have any other thoughts about this Rangers series or are you going to talk about these Cardinals? I'm ready to talk about the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean. Unless you, you have something else? No, that's, that's all, man. All right, St. Louis Cardinals. We are playing them. Yeah. Off of the All Star break. So, let's talk about this. Earlier this season, we played the Cardinals at home. We lost that series two games to one. The one game they won was uh, Miles Michaelis start against uh, Trevor Williams. Obviously, this first game. They got three ga- They got three innings in. Got suspended. Score is one to zero right now. Will be picked up today in just about uh, just just over an hour from now. Um, I didn't see who is uh, starting that game for them because uh, I I assume uh, Michaelis uh, is not coming back out no. after pitching the three innings yesterday. So. Uh, did you check that for me? Well, I I'm I'm looking. Uh, I don't right. know if they're announced a starter. I'm assuming they're just gonna bullpen their way through today. I I don't I think they've the... met. So I don't think the na- the guy's been announced yet. Yeah, no, nobody's been All announced right. yet. All right, yeah, I, I didn't see it when I was prepping, so I wasn't sure if they announced it yet. Um. All right, so yeah, like Hayden said, this should be another bullpen game. The last, the last uh, bullpen game the Nats had, they pitched pretty well. Um, they ended up losing that game in extras, but it was, 
it was a very well pitched game from that bullpen uh, mm-hmm. against a solid offense uh, in the Reds. Um, excuse me. The Cards are five and five over their last ten, heading into this series, and the Nats are four and six. The This is this is again. We talked about it last time they played. This series, these teams, uh, I think at least are pretty evenly matched. Uh, on on their good days, I think they're the same. Obviously, yeah. you take the on paper lineup of the cards, but just the way that they're playing and performing. Uh, I don't know. I. Maybe this is a little biased, but I lean that the Nats a little bit in this series. Uh, it's not that's not saying it's going to be uh, blowout by any by any means, because you know, you look at the Cardinals lineup up and down; they they have people that can get you everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't can't uh, overlook them, even though they are struggling this year. So yeah. looking at the pitch. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, Patrick Corbin, you know, good timing, I guess, with everything that's happened. Uh, you know, having that extra arm in the bullpen, because uh, they called it Paulo Espino, uh, to replace mm-hmm. him on the active roster, that's kind of huge for the Nats. You know, you have Paolo up, and then, you know, you have Corey Abbott, you have Jonah Don. You have, a, you know, three guys who can kind of go multiple innings uh, for the Nats where they can kind of piggyback off each other to kind of get through tonight's game, or game one of the doubleheader, and then, you know, make their way into game two. Uh, who's the pitching matchup in game two, Jeremy? Game two is Jake Irvin taking on Steven Matz. Uh, Steven Matz, uh, you know, he's he's been okay this season. He's got, he's got a much better... Uh, He's he's zero and seven, but he's pitched better. He's pitched better than his record. Uh, not saying he's had an incredible season, but uh, his his last couple games, he's not his last couple. His last game, uh, before the break, he pitched a pretty good game. Uh, he had nine strikeouts over five five and a third. Only gave up one run. Wasn't earned with two hits. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of run support from the Cardinals when he's on the mound. So, this should be a game that the Nats could take. Uh, and this is a this is a lefty pitcher. Mm-hmm. Something that, as we've said on this program, Nats can hit. And he's not a particularly overpowering lefty pitcher either. Uh, so, on the other side of the ball in that matchup, Jake Irvin, he came off a very nice start in his last start against the, against the Reds. Uh, he's, he's another guy that's pitched better than his record. When he has control, he's really good. Uh, and that's key for him. He needs, he needs to have control. You know, we've seen it. Uh, excuse me, I forgot he pitched against the the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it in his last two starts, or last 
three starts, I guess. He's excuse me. All five of his last, uh, all of his five last starts, he's given up three or less runs, gone at least five innings, uh, and he's only walked, uh, he's walked two or less guys. Uh, I think that's the formula for for success with Jake Irvin. Not all of these ended in wins, but these are quality starts by the guy. Uh, in uh, the young pitcher here, he he really is. Uh, you know, he just he keeps improving, and it's all about command. If he has his command, he he has the stuff. If he has the command, he's gonna he's gonna come out and pitch a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last matchup for you in this series on Sunday, we have Josiah Gray versus Jack Flaherty. Uh, Jack Flaherty, another guy that's been. Struggling, we faced him earlier this season in the other series. Tagged him for six runs. Excuse me. Uh, they ended up losing that game. That was the, I believe, the first game of the series when I think Stone Garrett hit a grand slam. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't know if Jake, uh, if Garrett would have been starting against Flaherty. They kind of oh, he very, probably they wouldn't platoon. Have. Uh, Garrett pretty strongly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. You just put six runs up early, or five were up, five. They were up five nothing in the second. And that's why. Uh. But th- we've seen the Nats get to him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get to him again. Gonna get five runs on him in two innings, but. There's, they've seen him and they've hit him well. I think there's a lot of. I think there's a good chance the Nats win two games, um, or at least one. I like I said earlier when I was talking, I think the Nats and the Cardinals are a pretty even team this year. Um, more in this series right now. Yeah, I mean, I think both these teams, uh, when you look at an aggregate, neither of their bullpens are very good. Uh, so really today's game, it's really just whose lineup can get off to a hotter start. Because, uh, I mean, you're only playing six innings. You just want to try to score as many runs as possible. Uh, I mean, the Nats, they have, yeah, they have six innings to kind of score as many runs as they can. You know, just get the bats moving early and, you know, they could win this game. Game two, uh, I mean, like you said, Steven Matz hasn't been the greatest this year. Uh, you know, he's been underperforming kind of what the Cardinals expected when they signed him to that four-year, $44 million contract uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, but when you look at his peripherals, I mean, Matz is being, you know, he's having a pretty good year. You know, he's having one of the better ground ball percentages of his career. Uh, he's not allowing the long ball. Uh, he's just walking a lot of guys. Uh, and he's not striking out people like he used to. But, I mean, his peripherals are still solid. They're better than what the actual performance is. Uh, you know, he just hasn't thrown a lot of innings. Something, I'm looking at Flaherty and Matts here. They both have uh, BABIPs, or batting averages on ball and play, starting with 3.5, or 3.5, uh, which isn't good. 
Uh, so <laughs> that might be kind of an explanation for why, you know, these guys are, bless you, having such, you know, bad years. Uh, even though Matt's is on pace to, you know, be kind of a, you know, a solid starter, you know, a major league starter by all means. And, you know, Flaherty, you know, he's having a solid year. You know, he's going to be an above average starter when it comes to major league baseball. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, interesting game. I mean, there are obviously winnable games because, you know, I mean, when you look at the Cardinals record, when you look at the Nats record, th there's uh, some similarities there. You know, there's not a big difference. Uh, the Cardinals just have two games on the Nats. Uh, but they also could, you know, they could be better. You know, they could be worse. It's, it really is up in the air. Uh, these games are really just all coin flips. Uh, it's just whoever's bats kind of get hot. Uh, I mean, you said earlier on paper, the, the Cardinals have a better lineup. You know, they have Paul Goldschmidt. They have Nolan Arenado. They have Wilson Contreras. They have, you know, Nolan Gorman was a, one of the better hitters in baseball to start the year. Jordan Walker is a top prospect. Uh, Lars Nupar, who hit a home run in game one, uh, that's the one run, was a uh, homer off car, uh, Nupar. You know, it's, on paper, they have the better lineup. It's a little uh, scary, uh, but it'll, it'll be interesting, for sure. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be, again, when you face the Cardinals, it's 50-50 what team you're going to get. Yeah, you're either gonna get that team that went on a tear last season uh, and made it to the playoffs, or you're gonna get the team that started this year. You know, the worst team in the league. Uh, it 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 is. You never know what you're gonna get with them, and you just kind of. You just kind of have to hope that you're gonna get the bad version when you're playing them. Yeah. Uh, something funny, I'm looking at, uh, the, you know, game preview, uh, for this game one, the, uh, game's gonna start with a 3-2 count, uh, with two outs for Paul Goldschmidt, <laughs> uh, that's gonna be really interesting for, uh, him to kinda get in the zone and be ready for that first pitch, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, whoever's the reliever, uh, coming in, I mean, I would honestly just throw fastball right down the middle, or not right down the middle, but, you know, throw a strike. Uh, right might get a take. You never know. I mean, it's Paul Goldschmidt, though. I wouldn't throw it right down the middle. Uh, we'll be ready. I, I trust Paul Goldschmidt to be ready. Yeah, no. I mean, if there's somebody you want up there for 3-2 count or two outs, uh, I think Paul Goldschmidt's up there. Uh, yeah, reigning NL MVP, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's all right at baseball. Uh <laughs> something we haven't talked about yet, uh something a little concerning. Uh after his swing yesterday, uh Heimer got taken out of the game. Uh yes. from everything I've read, it's just a bone bruise. Uh, yeah, I saw it was a bone bruise on his thumb. Uh again, I mean that's something he can play through, but it won't be comfortable. Yeah, uh, I imagine he's, I mean, obviously he can't play in game one. I'd imagine he's off probably uh, for the rest of the day, probably the rest of the weekend, which, you know, kind of sucks considering he's the biggest trade chip for the Nats. Uh, you know, that's somebody yeah. who went healthy. You kind of want to keep him healthy just because you want him to go out there, play to his best ability, and then, you know, trade him for a decent prospect to join the Nats organization. 
Um, yeah. Uh, did he, I didn't see what hand it was on. Was it his glove hand or his throwing hand? Uh, give me one second and I'll get that for you. Alright. Yeah, you mentioned him as a trade piece. Obviously you can't trade him if he's injured. Uh... No. Uh... Injuries are tricky sometimes. What's up? Nothing. I'm just... I'm looking still. Uh... They're, uh... The first person I, I went know. to didn't have it. The first beat reporter. Uh, Mark Zuckerman of Masson said, uh, it's on his right thumb. Uh... So, you know, they say he might be able to play the nightcap. He's going to try to, but I, I, I'd i rather keep him healthy. Exactly. Yeah. Keep him healthy. Don't worry about it uh, and have him come in for a game, you know, later on. Um, news is it's not, like, broken or dislocated or anything. Yeah. No, that's the uh, always good. Yeah. So... Hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh, yeah, he's been very good this year. No, very for sure. Uh, I mean, he's arguably should have been an all-star. So, pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, who's your nat to watch for the rest of this series? Uh, I mean, we've talked about kind of the importance of bats. Do you have a hitter in mind? I mean, um, man, I think yeah, you I said Abrams. Uh, yeah. I do. I was going to say Joey Manessis, but we've yeah. talked enough about Joey Manessis, all right? I want to talk about someone else now. I think he was your uh, net to watch last time. Who? Joey? Probably. Probably. I say he's my nat to watch all the time because yeah. I want to see him hit home runs because yeah. I know he can do it. I know he can do it. He just doesn't. <laughs> it's almost like it's um, really hard to do that. Uh <laughs> See, the difference is he can and I can't. Okay, um, yeah. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> you got me there. Uh, so, no. Uh, C.J. Abrams. Uh, I want to see him continue to succeed at the top of the lineup. He's been really good since we put him up there. Um, I just want to see him continue. Obviously, the first three innings of a game don't mean a lot, but the Nats went down in order in those first three innings. Uh, you know... Uh, so it's almost like a brand new game. You got a clean slate, you're just starting in the third inning. Uh, I want to see him get off to a hot start today, uh, this series. I wreak havoc on the base paths. You talked about it. He stole, I forgot what you said, three or four bases. Three. Stole a game, or stole like, base every game. Yeah, he's, he, he's a difference maker on the base paths. I just want to see him get on and make that difference yeah no for sure uh i'm still deciding on mine i i don't want to go to the one i always go to you know i'm trying to shake it up a little bit uh you know you know who's been kind of quiet i mean lately you know somebody who hasn't been hitting quite as well as you know he did to start the year jeremy who's that uh luis garcia uh, you know, he's only 23, you know, he's hitting 270, 306, 306, you know, probably should have walked a little bit more than that. 381 slugging, though, uh, has not really hit for power uh, at all this year. You know, I'd hope to see him kind of pick that up. You know, he's having a, a solid year. I would say he's having a better year than he did last year. Uh, I mean, I would say this is probably the best year of his career. Uh, he's just another one of those Nats who are just underperforming their expected statistics, uh, you know. 
So hopefully, you know, he can kind of start to perform said expected statistics. Because, you know, Nets are always better when uh, Luis Garcia is, you know, getting on base for them. They are. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye out. And game one starts, or continues, picks back up, 2.15 today. So like it was 7.15. Yeah, just about. Uh, yeah. Game two, 7.15 today, and then game three is 2.15 on Sunday. Uh, yeah. yeah. You want to talk about the draft first, or you want to talk about the deadline? The draft first. Talk about the draft? I mean, it was a big one. Uh... Breaking or not breaking news, uh, newsflash. I don't, I don't know, uh, which one to go with there. Uh, uh, it's Dylan Cruz. They, they drafted Dylan Cruz, guys. Uh, that's, that's the, that's the big shock. Uh, don't know if you heard yet. Oh yeah, no, I heard. We did a whole yeah. draft show. Yeah, we did. Uh, they signed Dylan Cruz or drafted Dylan Cruz. They didn't sign him yet. Uh, then Yohani Morales. Travis Sikora for their first three picks. Uh, and then it's Travis Pinkney. And then, oh, I'm blanking on the fifth guy. I am so sorry. Uh, I got to pull it up. I'm so sorry. See, uh, this is why you always got to have everything open before. Marcus Brown, uh, shortstop from Oklahoma State. I'm so sorry, Marcus Brown. Uh, you know, with the first five picks, uh... Nats have already, or not the Nats, but uh, one of the players who was drafted by the Nats has already come out and said he's not going to sign with the Nats. Uh, Gavin Adams, the 11th round pick. Uh, but so far, I mean, no one's come out and said they're not going to sign. Uh, they've already signed uh, round 6 through 10, uh, which, you know, pretty good for them. They signed Gavin Dugas, Ryan Snell, Jared Simpson, Thomas Schultz, Philip Glasser. Oh, and then uh, Liam Sullivan signed earlier today. So, you know, already signed six of their players. Uh, so I'm assuming they're already in the complex and all that uh, where they can, you know, start, you know, instructs. Start getting the games, which will be good. Um, obviously, it's a little concerning that they haven't signed any of the top five. But I think that was a week, less than a week ago. So it's not that big a deal yeah i mean i have you know a little like you know uh, theory i think they're waiting until the nats come back uh from their road trip because uh, you know they started the all-star break on the road i'm assuming they're gonna wait another week until they play the giants if i had to you know speculate that's probably also it's saturday draft was on Sunday, a lot of those guys, they don't sign until they come out, you know, do their physicals, all that, uh, so, you know, sometimes they can't get them on a flight right away, I would assume sometime this weekend they're signing, uh, I know somebody who I know that got drafted, uh, he's supposed to be signing today, actually, so, I mean, he, he got drafted in the third round, so, I mean, it's a little concerning, but it's not super concerning, I'd expect to see a wave of players starting to get signed. I mean, we only, I think uh, the Royals signed their, because uh, I was just, I see tweets come on my timeline. Uh, they didn't sign their first overall, or their first round pick until today. So, you know, they're still young. They have time. Uh, I would assume 
they also want to have, you know, some sort of like media thing, you know, where, you know, they have some sort of social media posts to go along with the draft. So I'm sure that's kind of holding up a little bit too. Yeah. Why would they wait until they're home to sign people? Uh, just because, you know, then they can have them there for when the Nats play. So, you know, it's like, oh, come sign, and then, you know, we'll watch, you know, watch the Nats game, watch your future team. Especially for a guy like Dylan Cruz, who, I mean, he's probably going to be in the big league sometime next year. So, I mean, it makes sense. It doesn't. I don't know. That's just, you know, I'm speculation, I guess. Some, you know, I don't know. Yeah, um, it's a good draft. Obviously, yeah. it's a good draft when you get the uh, Golden Spikes player, the, the Golden Sp- Spikes Award winner, you know, best player in D1 baseball. Uh, not only that, you know, he also won SEC Male Athlete of the Year, mm-hmm. which is maybe more impressive not only is he competing with every baseball player uh, in the SEC, he's competing with uh, every single football player in the SEC, which, if you're talking SEC, you're talking football most of the time. You know, you got Alabama and Georgia, uh, Tennessee, all these guys. They had the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. They had some monsters out there. Mm -hmm. He got the award for being the best of all of them. Yeah, so you know that's pretty get a, pretty impressive. Yeah, it's it's super impressive. You get a guy like that, it's a winning draft regardless of what you do with your other picks. Um, and that's not to discount the other picks. I think the Nets did a great job. We talked about this. Uh, I don't remember if it was on the show or over text, but they got their guy. They got some pitchers that we that that you really liked. Uh, in the third and fourth round. Um, third. You know, obviously, I thought we were getting Paul Skeens. I was all excited to get a pitcher. But we got some solid pitchers out there in the in uh, in the later rounds. You know, Sykora uh, will be good. And then they got just a bunch of... I, I think they nailed this draft. Um, I think they did a really good job. I think they got a lot of value out of their picks. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it, uh, like draft strategies. One, you know, it's a deep class. You know, you want to try to get as many people with potential as possible. Or you can kind of load up and get, you know, since it's a deep class, there's a chance you can kind of get those first round talents that are normally in other drafts and try to get as many of those as quickly as possible. And that's kind of the uh, strategy the Nationals opted for. Uh, you know, they got Dylan Cruz, obviously, Johanny Morales, uh, was one of the better players uh, for Miami. Uh, and, in, you know, I think Miami's in the ACC, right? Miami is in the ACC, yes. Yeah, he was one of the best hitters in the ACC. You know, a really good third baseman. Uh, you know, he just struck out a little bit. Uh, which, you know, if they can, Nats can cut that down. Talking about a really good ball player. They got Travis Icor, who's one of the best, uh, you know, consensus Top five, arguably top three, uh, high school pitching prospect. Uh, you know he's 19. Fastball sits at 95, 98. Can hit 101. Uh, 
then you know he throws a really good spl uh, splitter and throws a slider as well. Uh, really tall. I mean, he's just you know the a quintessential Nationals pick. Uh, Andrew Pinkney is still you know a really solid player. Uh, just improved every year. You know he went three for three with a home run against Paul Skeens. Is the thing that everyone says. Uh, he's just you know, a really good outfielder. Can hit for power. Has speed. Can has a strong arm. You know he kind of is a little bit of everything. Uh, Marcus Brown, that fifth round pick, really good defensive shortstop. The bats, that's going to be the thing. Uh, if he can hit, then you know he's going to climb. If he can't hit, then it's, uh, you know, uh, and then I mean I think the thing, the real nice pick, if they can sign him, is uh James Elwinger. Uh, another high school prospect ranked 107 on MLB Pipeline's list. He got taken with the 19th round pick. Uh, you know, so pretty late in the draft there, the 555th pick. Uh, but if they can sign him, that'll be awesome. It's just, you know, can they save enough of their bonus pool and allocate enough to get him to sign? Uh, it's kind of the question. Uh, but if they can do that, that's an A-plus draft. I think this is franchise-altering. If not... Still a really good draft. It's just, you know, it's just not perfect, which, you know, that's acceptable. You don't have to be perfect all the time. It's impossible to get a perfect draft because... I mean, if they sign him, it's a perfect draft. If they sign everybody else outside of Adams, I think it's a perfect draft. All right. I mean, you're getting, what, a consensus, the consensus top player? I mean... I've seen Cruz already ranked the number four prospect in all of baseball without even I taking saw a that. that's a little pro ridiculous, at bat. Don't you think? I mean, that's just the upside we're talking about with Cruz uh, and how just safe of a pick he is. Uh, and then Morales is, you know, again, a really solid, really solid hitter. Uh, I mean, he might not stay at third. He might go to the corner outfield, might go play first base. But, you know, he's a corners type guy. Uh, and if he can mash, you know, the Nats need power in their system. They got power in their system. And, you know, they're adding another really solid outfielder, adding a shortstop, which is a need just within their system, and just adding more middle infield and pitching talent. I mean, they took, like, what was it? Like, 17 pitchers, I think was what I tweeted out. I don't remember. It's a lot uh, of pitchers. They took a lot of pitchers. Uh, and, you know, if they can sign a bunch. I mean, obviously, not all of these pitchers are going to be major league guys, but... They took 11 pitchers and 17 college guys, which to me, that's me signals. Hey, we think we're almost out of this rebuild. We're getting people who can make it to the big leagues quick, uh, which, hey, that's pretty exciting for the Nats. I mean, they, they'll have, they pretty much have their future outfield already close to the big leagues. Two of them are in double-A, and the other one's Dylan Cruz. That's pretty awesome. It is. It is. Uh, I'm very excited about this draft class. Very excited about this the Nats' future after this. Um, I think it really accelerated their timeline. You know, Cruz will be ready uh, within the next three years, probably. Uh, he's uh, he's going to be in the big leagues next year, unless, like, you know, God forbid he gets hurt. Uh but he, he'll be in the big leagues next year. And a couple of their other guys, you know, uh, they're going to take a little longer, but 
the farm the farms really come around you know before blew it up that farm was desolate there was nothing there is bad but you know they've they've turned around and made a pretty pretty solid farm it just just in the last two and a half years yeah uh grant paulson had uh robert glasser of uh base i believe it's baseball america it might be baseball prospectus i get the two mixed up in my head uh but they had him on the show and uh he was like, you know, the question is, you know, there's a kind of a, uh, what's the word? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word. There's a, uh, you know, it's, can the Nationals develop was the question. You know, can they develop players? Uh, and the question was, or I guess the point that he made was, I mean, a lot of these guys weren't even really prospects that were in the national system. Uh, I mean, you can still kind of see it when you look at the names that they have in, you know, high A and low A. These guys aren't really even prospects. Uh, so to add actual genuine prospects to the system is, no matter where they're ranked, is always good. Uh, I mean, Snell was a finalist for the Buster Posey Award. Gavin Dukas, really good hitter in the SEC. Like, I mean, I know he's a, a senior. Or a grad student, but I mean, he really good hitter. Uh, you're adding just really quality talent, uh, which is always just a positive. Yeah, it's all about adding talent. Yeah. Do you want to go to the uh, other method that the Nats are planning on adding talent through? Yeah, I do. The trade deadline. The trade deadline this year is going to be pretty big for the Nats. Mm-hmm. Um, this season, you know, there's not that many people that are obviously selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been looking through it. There's like five, six, maybe seven teams that are obviously selling, and the Nats are among them. You know, they have guys like uh, Candelario out there that are going to fetch... Uh, a pretty nice a pretty nice return for what we invested in him yeah uh, and you know I don't I don't know if they're gonna go get some of those longer term guys out of there uh, but I think they could get a nice haul for some of these guys um, I don't know what they're planning on doing with Lane Thomas he's a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing stick around but I also wouldn't be angry if they ended up trading him um, no, there's there's a, there's a couple guys like that. Uh, it's it's interesting. The Nats could go a lot of ways with this trade deadline, and I think this is a particularly important trade deadline for the Nats timeline because uh, mm-hmm. they could really screw things up here. You know, like they really could. Yeah. Uh, I um, mean, I I don't think I actually I don't think there's, I guess, a couple ways you can screw it up. Uh, I don't think though you can truly screw it up. Uh, I mean, you said there's the obvious pieces. You want to just start with the obvious pieces and we kind of work our way to these more. Hey, these guys could potentially move if there's the right deal. We can kind of talk about that that way. Yep. 
So yeah, I mean, you already said it. We've said it a bunch of times now. Heimer Candelario. As long as he's healthy, he's gone. Uh, I'd be shocked if he's a national on August 2nd. Uh, he's getting traded. I mean, he has 2.6 F4. He's one of the, you know, a really good defensive third baseman this year. And, you know, he's above league average hitter. Uh, kind of think that when you can get it. I mean, he's hit 13 home runs, 27 doubles already so far this year. Uh, Stolen five bags, too, which, you know, that's a career high already, you know, so he can kind of kind of steal you a bag, too. You know, that's the, he, he's just a really valuable player uh, when you're looking at their system and who they have. I mean, he's not the most valuable player on their roster, obviously, but I mean, he's up there. Uh, I'm looking at like, you know, baseball trade values, which kind of estimates players values. Candelario, you know, he's more valuable than somebody like uh, Yarlan Susana, who is, you know, a 19-year-old who throws 100. Like, that's, you know, somebody that you should probably trade when you, he's a rental uh, and only has one year of control and just doesn't fit your timeline. Uh, the other big name that's probably going to, I mean, if he has any value, uh, is going to be Corey Dickerson. Uh He's, again, one-year deal. He hasn't really been lighting up the world uh, for the Nats. Uh, so if he can start to hit a little bit, he's, again, not, probably not a national on August 2nd, uh, whether that's getting traded or getting DFA. Uh, and then the other, I mean, obvious name, and that's if he can, you know, come back from his injury, throw a couple innings, Carl Edwards Jr. Uh, on the last year of his deal with the Nats. Uh, you know, he's a 32-year-old reliever who has thrown quality innings for, you know, quality teams in the past. Uh, those are kind of like the three names that are kind of the obvious ones to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are those are the three names that are, that are uh, the most obvious. They're all on expiring contracts, <clears throat> and they're all pretty solid. Uh, at least, um, I'm just worried the Nats are gonna make a big move that's gonna hinder them in the future. Um, I mean, like trading who? Um, well, I have a bad feeling a guy like uh, Lane Thomas will get moved. Um, I know I just said I wouldn't be angry about it, but I feel like. Moving him now would be a mistake. He's still pretty young, and he could still help this team in the future. Um, we have him under control for at least a couple more years. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of overestimate uh, Lane Thomas's value. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, he has a really strong arm in that outfield. Not the greatest defender, but he's improved. Uh, it's just we're kind of buying in on what his like actual statistics have been. But, I mean, when you look at his expected statistics, when you look at his batting average on balls in play, I mean, Jeremy, you know, we're talking about how uh, C.J. Abrams earlier in the show, his 377 batting average on balls in play over the past month, has been unsust is going to be unsustainable. 
Lane Thomas has a 378 for the season. Uh, so, you know, yeah, he's having a really good year, but is it sustainable? Uh, and I it's think a lot of teams that. are going to question I just that. Think, it's not even that. I just think he's a good player. Like, it's he's not a, this he's year. He's a fourth outfielder. I, He's a fourth I outfielder. Think he's a third outfielder. I think with what the Nats have coming up in the system, I think he has a role. But I think you have other guys that can fit that role. I mean, I think Stone Garrett, you know, he's got more team control. He's, I mean, albeit just a little bit younger. Uh, he's, you know, three months younger than Lane Thomas. Uh, which, like, I, I think... Lane Thomas, he's expendable. When you look at, hey, when we look at what the national system is uh, in the minors, they have a lot of outfielders uh, where it makes, I mean, it makes sense to trade him, but I mean, I don't think they're going to get a package with that they're happy with. Because, uh, I mean, when we're being realistic, I think Lane Thomas's role on a contender uh, not like a very good team, a contender, is he's a platoon outfielder. He's a guy who'll mash against lefties. Uh, I mean, when you look at what he's done against lefties this year, he's been absolutely insane, Jeremy. Do you, you want to see, You do you know his splits? No, I don't know it off the top of my head. So he, against righties, he has a 736 OPS, right? Respectable, not... Earth shattering that still comes with the 358 uh, batting average and balls in play against left-handed hitters. He has a 1.073 OPS uh, with a 417 Babbitt. Uh, needless to say, he's overperforming. Uh, it's hard. I mean, obviously you're gonna have a smaller sample size against you know both one side of the platoon, but. That's unsustainable, man. You know, and he's having a really good year. I won't take that away from him, but I I don't think the Nats get a whole lot for him. And I don't. I, I, he's a solid ball player. I don't think he's a great ball player. Yeah. Uh. Uh. No, I just have a bad feeling that the Nationals are going to find a way to mess up this trade deadline. And I agree. I think there's just a different place I would look than Lane Thomas for them to mess up that trade deadline. I think Lane Thomas is inconsequential. I think the bullpen is where you mess it up. If you're trading Hunter Harvey and Kyle Finnegan and you're not getting a good return, I think that's where you mess it up. Uh, those guys are, you know, they're re relievers on a good team. I don't think either of them are closers. I think the Nats lack a true closer. Uh, but, I mean, those are your eighth, seventh and eighth inning guys on a contender. Uh, the Nats just need that closer. If you trade those guys and you're not getting a good prospect back, I think that's a little questionable. That's that's where you can mess up this deadline. You know, if you trade away Ildemar Vargas, who has two and a half years left of control, and you don't get a whole lot, so be it. Uh, if you trade those two and you're not getting a contributor, that's bad. 
you messed up. You didn't do your job. Uh, and that's, again, where I get a little bit more concerned. That's fair. I, I'm just concerned because we just talked about how good a draft this was. Mm-hmm. And I think that draft really did accelerate their timeline by about a year. Um, but I think they could really undo all that progress if this trade deadline, if they play their cards wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, real quick, I mean, we talked about a couple other guys who could potentially move. But, you know, I said Vargas. Vargas could potentially get moved. You know, people are always looking for a versatile bench bat. Uh, somebody like Trevor Williams wouldn't shock me if he got moved. Uh, wouldn't shock me if he stayed. Uh, he hasn't been all that great, but, you know, he's been serviceable. People always need a guy who can just go out and eat innings, uh, which he can do that for you. Maybe you're like, hey, we have a better defense than the Nats. Maybe we can make it work. Uh, or maybe, you know, they want to use him as a reliever. I don't know. Uh, Dom Smith, again, I don't think you're getting anything for Dom Smith, but he is a guy who the Nats could trade. You know, they brought him in on that $2 million deal. He still has another year of uh, team control. And then, uh, obviously, the guy who, you know, we've talked about a lot this show, Joey Manessis. Uh, after his rough first half, I don't think he gets moved, uh, but it's you know, it's always possible. Yeah. But I think anybody mm-hmm. that we haven't named so far, I don't think any of them get traded. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just concerned. And I don't know why. I just have a bad feeling about it. So. That's fair. Hopefully I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. But... Oh, uh, I do have... Some news. Uh, I love news. Oh, I'm going to butcher his last name. Uh, Jesse Doctory. I butchered that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Jesse. Uh, writer for the Washington Post. Uh, Corey Abbott looks like the guy who's going to start uh, once this game resumes. All right. <clears throat> so, you know, Corey Abbott, solid pitcher for the Nats. Hopefully he can go out there and shove for, you know, a couple innings for the Nats to get him to uh, game two. Because, I mean, right now, from their bullpen, I don't... I, I honestly don't care about the results of the game. I just don't want them to burn a lot of arms. Well, they got, what, three long reliever guys in there? Yeah. So, I mean, as long as they don't burn those arms, I'm happy. Uh, it's just, you know, keeping those arms not burnt. Because, I mean, they don't have another day off for a week. Uh, so... You just need two of them to go two innings or three innings, depending on how the game goes. Yeah. So, we will see. We will see. Uh, I mean, is there any, I mean, do you want to talk about potential landing spots for these guys? I don't know. Do you want to do predictions? I don't know how. Sure, we can do it. I only have predictions prepared for uh, Andalario because I had a lot of trouble with that uh, draft website. Uh, oh, the trade simulator? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't give me the first names. They only gave me last names, so it was hard for me to look into people. Yeah, no. it's you, you got to do a lot of cross-checking uh, with that. Uh, where do you have uh, Candelario going? I think he has a lot I mean, of places he can go. I think he'll, I think the Rangers are going to make a play for him. The Rangers? He's a third baseman. Do they? They do. Do they not? I mean, I think Josh Young is pretty good. 
I thought I think he, he was, was an all star. No, I thought he was at uh I thought he was at short. No, he's not. What am I Course Seeger. I don't know. Never mind. What a Oh, you know what? What? I was looking at their twenty twenty two roster. That would that's do it. Me? Yeah. Would do it. Yeah, that's on me. Okay, yeah. never mind. I don't have any projections. I mean, so I, I got a couple. I think there's I mean, I think when you look at it, there's not an obvious answer, but there's a lot of options that can work. Uh, the Yankees, I mean, when you look at what Josh Donaldson's done this year at third base, when you look at what DJ LeMayu's done this year, they could use a guy uh, there. Uh, they've not been good. Uh, that's an option. Uh, it's just they're going to have to eat some money. Something I do, you know, Shohei Otani doesn't get traded. The Nats can kind of package uh, one of those relievers, you know, whether that be Carl Edwards or whether that be Finnegan or Harvey, package those two together to the Angels, you can get a pretty solid return from them. You know, maybe take on Mike Moussakis' contract just to, you know, make it work. Uh, let's see. Where else? I'm blanking on who else I had. I mean, those two are the obvious. I mean, I think... There's a lot of ways they can kind of maximize value. Uh, the Rays have been slipping a little bit. I don't know if they move from Isaac Paredes. Probably not. Uh, but, you know, it's a possibility. Uh, just because I'm sure they can find a way to mix and match him. Uh, I think really what, what they could really do and really take advantage of this uh is package him with one of those relievers and kind of like the ones who have a little bit more control and be like, Hey, you know, like obviously Candelaria is a relief or not a reliever, a rental, but you have him and this reliever. Maybe you can get a team that's a little bit further where they're not quite contenders, uh, but you know, they could make a playoff push. Maybe you can kind of sell them on that. I mean, I think the Marlins, Marlins and Phillies probably could use a guy at third base. Uh, uh, they have a lot of options. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. I think, I mean, Carl Edwards Jr. can really go anywhere. One that I, one trade I really do like, Jeremy. One trade I love. Uh, Ildemar Vargas to uh, the Astros. Ooh. Uh, somebody who, you know, the Astros, they talking about how they need they want a guy who can hit left-handed uh vargas kind of fills that role he can do that and plays all over the field uh obviously he's not the best option for that but you know he's a guy that you can use obviously they're not getting a ton for vargas you know he's a very minor piece but if i'm gonna go kind of grab a lottery ticket from a system I, I don't think there's a better place to look than the Houston Astros. You know, you can go get, you know, they have a lot of different minor league guys. Maybe go grab their 30th prospect and just, you know, run away and be happy. Yeah, maybe. Um, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's good. I think Vargas could really help out a team. He's got versatility, and he's been mm -hmm. hitting really well when he's been getting at bats. Yeah. So. I mean, in the Astros, I mean, they've been absolutely destroyed by the injury bug. I mean, their two best hitters, Altuve and 
uh, Jordan are both on the IL right now. So, you know, they need some sort of depth. Yeah, yeah, they do. So we'll see. Uh, trade deadline's not for another week or two. So Yeah, it's not until the end of the month. We uh, keep an eye out on all those rumors. We will be back with you uh, Monday, maybe? We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, uh, yeah, probably Monday. Or all right. Monday or Sunday night. I don't know, I'm pretty... We'll figure it out. We'll figure it uh, out. Anyway, uh, thank you everyone so much for tuning in to this episode of In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. We have been your hosts, Jeremy Lapidus and Hayden Raymer. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, remember to go check out the Nats Report. We have a website. It's not just this. There's the newsletter that Hayden's been putting out. I think we just put it just put out a big draft article for the Nats. Um, or if it didn't come out yet, it's coming out very soon. Um, yeah, go check it out. There's a lot of good stuff on that. Um, thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.